0: Back in January, about 40 of our church leaders had a vision summit. We were discerning some of the next steps in our vision for our church, and during that time, we came up with three core values, and we've been looking at those three core values these past three Sundays, and next Sunday, the choir is going to be singing about those core values. Two Sundays ago, we talked about the value of welcoming, which is our first core value. We invite, and we accept, and we love all people without exception, without reservation. Last Sunday, we talked about what it is to be faithful as God is faithful to us. And we practice basically what our discipleship vows are in standing before the church with our prayers and our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. That's how we understand faithfulness to those uh, acts of following Jesus. Today, we're looking at the third core value. And the third core value is we seek to be missional And we've already heard from Scott reading the first lesson, Paul, the Apostle Paul, had one of his metaphors for what it meant to be missional and for what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. That was to be the body of Christ. That was his metaphor, a very favorite one of his. Our gospel reading gives us another metaphor that Jesus used in reference to his followers. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. For those of you who are able, would you please stand in honor of the reading of the gospel. <clears throat> Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God, and thanks be to God. You could be seated. Hopefully you almost sat down on one of these sheets. I want you to get that sheet out if you would please. And on the first side, I'll call it the first side, there's a list of mission opportunities and then there's at the top, it says core value number three, missional. And that gives the full statement of what we understand to be missional here at State Street. Would you read that? With me, we live that part there. Let's say this together. We live as the hands, feet, and heart of God through outreach and mission. One more time. We live as the hands, feet, and heart of God through outreach and mission. Now, where did we get such a strange notion that we're God's hands and feet and heart in the world? It comes from that first reading. The Apostle Paul loved to speak of the church as the body of Christ. And it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that our hands become Christ's hands, that our feet become Christ's feet. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, our hearts are Jesus's hearts in the world. The Holy Spirit is not some nebulous or vague or anonymous anything could possibly go spirit in the world. The Holy Spirit is the living presence of Jesus living in and through our lives. It's the very presence of Jesus. So if someone ever claims that they're being led by the Holy Spirit, there's always a litmus test. And the litmus test is this does what they are looking, what they are doing, or what they are saying, does it look like or seem like anything Jesus would do or say? The Holy Spirit is Jesus' presence carried into the future through people like you and I. So, when we invite Jesus into our hearts, when we accept him as Lord and Savior, as Pastor Paul was saying in his prayers, as he becomes Savior of our lives, then our bodies become his body, in the metaphor of Paul. I love later in Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, the fifth chapter, he talks about how it is persons like us who are God is making God's appeal through us. I like that. That gets me up in the morning, that when I put my feet on the ground, it is another opportunity that God is trying to make God's appeal through my life. God's ongoing appeal through Jesus is through people like you and me. And that's why our third core value is we want to be missional. We want to live as the hands and feet and heart of God in the world. That's what it meant for Paul to be missional, to be the body of Christ. Now for Jesus, he uses another metaphor. Uh, Jesus speaks of himself in the Gospel of John as the light of the world. And it's interesting, in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus transfers that image of him being the light of the world. He transfers it to his disciples because he says to them, you, you are the light of the world. Every act of mission, every act of outreach is a means for you and I to let our light shine. And we let it shine not so that we get recognition or that we wind up on the news or in the newspapers. We let our light shine, Jesus said, that people might see your good deeds. They might see what you're doing and give glory to your Father in heaven. We're missional. The reason we're missional is because we desire to point people ultimately to God and to God's will and action in the world. God's mission When we understand that we're missional people, God's mission becomes our mission. Jesus' mission becomes our mission. The, The things that Jesus cared about are the things that we care about. The things that brought tears to his eyes are the things that bring tears to our eyes. The things that angered him are the things that anger us. The things that aren't right in the world are the things that we want to set right. The things that broke his heart, that broke the heart of our Lord. Are the things that we're called to to break our own hearts and to take action. Sometimes people will say, in very honest desperation and anguish, I've said it, you've probably said it at some point, why doesn't God do something? Why doesn't God do something about poverty? Why doesn't God do something about the violence in the world? Why doesn't God do something in the Bahamas? why doesn't God do something and you fill in the blank and the reality is the apostle Paul shares with us Jesus' own understanding is that God wants to do something but hidden in the wisdom of God only in God's own wisdom God desires to do that through people like you and me he is making his appeal to the world through people like you and me being missional is about continuing God's mission in Jesus Christ in the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, does that overwhelm you or does that energize you? That God would look at people such as ourselves and entrust with us this mission in the world. I want you to take your handout that was in the pew because there's an accountability question. All of our core values had an accountability question. And today's accountability question, you'll find it there under the core value. Am I regularly involved in missional opportunities? Folks, this is where the rubber meets the road as we claim to be followers of Jesus. Coming to church is wonderful Studying the Bible is wonderful. Praying regularly is wonderful. But each of us, each and every one of us, if we claim the name of Jesus, if we are not regularly and intentionally involved in some kind of mission opportunity, then we're not following Jesus. It's that simple if we have had a personal encounter with Him, if we have had a personal relationship with Him, it always moves us beyond ourselves, beyond the walls of our own church, out into the world that He came to save. And so today, we, we did this handout because, friends, I don't want to just talk about being missional, I want us to think about how we do that. How we are the proof of Jesus' mission in the world through the life of some of the missions at State Street. And so if you're sitting there thinking, you know, I would love to be more missional. I just don't know where I'm needed most. I am really glad you asked that. Because I want you to take this sheet and on the front part, these are some of the mission opportunities that we have here at State Street that so many of you are involved in. This is how we are the hands and the feet and the heart of God in the world. We do Christmas and food boxes around Easter every year. And it's a great opportunity for parents and kids or your grandkids to come together and put those together. And then they're delivered usually on the Saturday before Christmas we deliver those how many of you how many of you have participated and hold your hand up and leave it up in the Christmas boxes now look around if that is something i don't know how god is going to work in your life today i don't know what you might be called and led to do but i want you to see the folks that are involved in that ministry and if you need to know more about that they would love to talk to you about that They would love to say more about that to you. We have persons that mentor at Dishman McGinnis. Dishman McGinnis, as many of you know, is uh, one of the elementary schools here in Bowling Green that is in one of the more underserved areas of Bowling Green. And trying to get the, the kids to be on a level playing field with other children in this community is a great challenge. And they need mentors. Basically, you go and you have lunch with a child and you develop that relationship with them over lunch once a week. How many of you have mentored at Dishman McGinnis? If you want to know more about it, see one of these people. They'll tell you what that's about. Room in the Inn. We were one of the original seven or eight churches in this community that signed on from the very beginning for Room in the Inn Homeless Ministry. Our trustees remodeled part of a building that we had just purchased so that they could have office space and that they could have a place for a warming center where folks don't have to be out in the extreme temperatures during the season, but usually between mid-November to mid-April. And we need people to set up for that when we host. It's different churches on different nights. And some of you have helped in that ministry setting up or feeding our friends or cleaning up afterwards. And some of you have spent the night How many of you have been a part of Room in the Inn? I see George back there. George, raise your hand. Stand up, George. Yeah. George Ransdell has been a leading person for this ministry in our church. Now, if you want to know more about it, you need to talk to him. You'd love to talk to them, wouldn't you, George? He'd talk right now if I'd let him. I probably should, but George, see him. Prison Angel Tree. Uh, Phyllis Schnacke was at the early service, and Phyllis, this has been something close to her heart through the years. During the Christmas season, we take the names of children we know that their parents, a parent or parents, are incarcerated, and we try to provide something for Christmas for them. How many of you have been part of the Angel Tree? Many of you. Salvation Army meals. I don't know if we do this one. Is it once a month? I know folks in the Elpo class, others. Where are some of you that do the the Salvation Army meals? Next Sunday, I think, Neville, isn't it next Sunday? And next Sunday, if you come a little bit early for services down in the fellowship hall, down in the kitchen, they'll be preparing. After the early service, they're preparing lunch. 70, 75 lunches once a month. And some of you are part of that. folks. I can go anywhere I want to eat for lunch after this service. Some of you are making sure that people who don't have those kind of options have something to eat today. I'm going to come back to the food pantry because there's more we want to say about that. But the foundry, the the foundry Christian uh, center, the foundry is a mission of our district churches Mark, our district superintendent here. Alex is on the board. Uh, Neville Spear is the the, the chair of the board at the Foundry. It's a preschool. And it's an after-school program because we're trying to help kids have the same advantages, educational advantages. You've heard me say before, you know how we build prisons in this country? We guess by the third grade, we can anticipate how many prison cells we're going to need because of reading levels of third graders. And if we don't start young, if we don't do something early, and so many of these kids, they don't have a chance. They don't have people that pour into their lives like maybe you and I did. And so the Foundry is trying to help make that happen. How many of you have been a part of the Foundry ministry? Any of these persons would love to speak with you. Jim's on the board. Probably leaving. I'm on the board. Talk to us. The Help Ministries. I'm going to come back to that because... It's one of our critical needs right now. Some of you get together on Wednesday afternoons about 4.30 and you knit hats and caps and scarves. I was in the room in the inn clothing thing uh, helping someone this morning. I looked up on the top of the shelf. There's a container ready for the winter season. Many of those scarves and hats and gloves were knit by persons in our church. Pat is one of those. Who else? Where's our knitters Back there, Brenda and Shirley. Y'all would love to have more knitters, right? The more knitters, the better. On Wednesdays, before Wednesday night gathering, mission trips. I know Marty and Jamie are going to be going to the Thailand Methodist Mission. But if there's a mission opportunity you'd like to, if you would like to to go on a trip somewhere, just indicate that. We'd love to pull people together that could do something in in a mission trip. The umcor Christmas boxes, they're actually shoe boxes. And we did this in July. We had an ice cream social and we gathered toys and other supplies that children all around the world will receive. We have to do it early because the missionaries are everywhere in the world. So how many of you with the shoe boxes, those Christmas boxes, how many of you were part of that this year? Any of these people would love to talk to you about that. And then the United Methodist Homes for Children and Youth this church, this church leads this area in its generosity toward the home and its ministry and has done that for years and years and years. Steve Schnocky was at the early service and Steve has been a chair of the board. And many of you have been intimately involved in that ministry. The Thanksgiving meal is right around the corner. And this year we host, some of you know that we do a partnership meal on Thanksgiving Day with First Christian Church and our church. And it goes back and forth the street. This year, it's on our side of the street. And we will feed in our fellowship hall on Thanksgiving Day some 600 people. And then we'll deliver double that on that particular day. And then people like George, he's crazy. George will take whatever's left, if there's anything left, and he goes down the bridge and other places in Bowling Green, and he makes sure that people have something to eat on Thanksgiving Day. And so if you could maybe work it out in between football or whatever you're into, that's an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ. And then finally, Breakfast at Faith. Faith United Methodist Church is on Veterans Parkway. We partnered with them some months ago now. Cindy and Gary Skybo have helped pull that together and help us so much with that ministry. They have a substantial refugee community that attends worship and is part of their church family. And some 30, 40, maybe even 50 kids at times are there and they don't get breakfast if breakfast is not served before they have worship. And some of you, who are our Faith Breakfast Kids people? You like the fancy names I'm using for that? So if, you, if you're interested in that, and basically it's going during the Sunday school hour and you have time to get here for worship and do that, we're probably leaving some things out, but those are some of the ways. I want you to open, or I've, I folded mine, so I'm saying open. Just flip it over if you... On the other side, I don't know how many years this church has been doing this, but I know that Phyllis's husband Harry was instrumental in the Churches United in Christ Help ministry. The five downtown churches have pooled resources for years and we help people with utility bills. We help pe- our neighbors in this community. Hundreds of families every year. Thousands of dollars is helped with folks And we do it on the first Wednesday of a full month of a full week of... Isn't that right, Phyllis? The first full... how am I saying it? The first full week of a month. That Wednesday is our day. And over at Grace Place is where we interview folks. And it's where we try to help people. And And there's some needs right now because some of the folks that have been doing that ministry so faithfully for so many years, they can't do it anymore. And so some of you, maybe you could do that from, from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on that one Wednesday a month. And these are the ways you can help. You don't necessarily have to interview folks for help. You can enter the information into Charity Tracker, which is a way that we help, help as many people in the community. And, and it's not going to surprise you. Sometimes people try to take advantage of the system. And so Charity Tracker lets us know that this person has received help here and here and here. And maybe they don't really need the help that we're providing in that particular day. And so there are people that will take the checks once we help someone with their utility bill. The check has to go to BGMU or to Atmos or to Ward Rule Electric. We, We have to send those monies and those checks. And we need people just to pick up the checks and to take them and to deliver them. And then we need hosts just to help to set up. Maybe come a half hour early and help get things ready for that ministry. How many of you are part of the Churches United in Christ Help ministry? You know, Phyllis and Donna and Carol are back there. I'm not even looking behind me. I'm sorry. So, that's a critical need right now. And Jamie, Jamie will train you and help you understand how you can be helpful in that. And finally, the food pantry. How many years have we been doing the food pantry here at State Street? Does anybody know? We have a food pantry fully stocked over at Grace Place now. And we hand out groceries every week. Nearly every week on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And we're trying to find folks that might have a couple hours on those days from 9 to 11. And we publicize those hours. And you can help people. We help people every six months with groceries if they need it. And there's some needs there to go buy the groceries and you're reimbursed for that. There's people that just need to stuff the bags and you can do it after church on Sunday to fill those up. And then to, 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 to hand out the bags to folks that come and receive their information. We didn't want to just talk about being missional. We wanted you to have an opportunity today to actually say, you know what? This is how I can be the hands and feet of Christ. Folks, I don't know any other way to say it. Being missional is not optional for Jesus' people. If we're with Jesus, being missional in some way is not an option. It's It's the natural flow out of our lives because He has done something in our lives that we have to share and we have to make an impact in the world. And so we're going to do this. Julie's going to play softly. And I want to give very specific instructions better than the first service because some people didn't understand the instructions. And so I want to be very clear. While she's playing, you just prayerfully consider there might be something that you're involved with. There might be something else that you are interested in being involved But we literally want you to write down. And let's say you haven't helped with the Christmas boxes before. That information is going to go to the person who coordinates that. And when that comes around, they'll email you or let you know, hey, we're so excited that you want to be a part of, of this missional opportunity this year. And they will reach out to you at the appropriate time. But just consider how you would fill this out. And then, after Julie stops playing softly, Lee's going to lead us in a marvelous hymn, Christ for the World, we sing. And as we sing that closing hymn, that's when we want you to bring these up and to place them on the altar. And you may want to kneel for a time of prayer and reflection to do that as well. But folks, we want, we want you to to be the hands and the feet and the heart of Christ. And as I look out on this congregation so every one of you, I could go pew by pew and name the ways that you are involved in mission in this community and beyond. But we want, we want you to, to, to be that hands of delight in the body of Christ. So once you consider that. Julie's going to play. After that, Lee's going to lead us in a song and, and bring these forward as the Spirit would lead you.